This is exactly right. What does motion sound like? With Kizik Hands Free Shoes, it sounds a little something like this. Experience the magic of motion. Get a free pair of socks with your first order at kizik.com slash socks. Hi, I'm Erin Welsh. And I'm Erin Almond Updike, and we're the hosts of This Podcast Will Kill You on Exactly Right. We're back with our seventh season, which is bigger and better than ever. Because guess what? We're now a weekly show. This season, we're tackling everything from long COVID to norovirus, from the supplement industry to IVF, and so, so much more. New episodes drop every single Tuesday. Follow This Podcast Will Kill You wherever you get your podcasts. Hello. And welcome to my favorite murder, the mini-sode. The thing where we redo your stuff. Can you dig it? <laughs> yes, you can. Um, yeah, any topic. This is a free, this is a free range episode. This is like interesting story time. Yeah. Where like when you first get to a party, it's still a little bit rickety. You haven't had enough drinks yet. Yeah. Things aren't flowing. So you have to stand with a group of people that you might not even find that interesting <laughs> and get it going. And hear their stories. And so these are the kinds of things you want to share. <laughs> of interest, rarities, right. weirdness. Hey, remember that one time you said the word house? Well, I have a story about a house. That's right. Like that kind of thing. And yeah, and any horrible thing you could find in a house. Exactly. Why are we re-explaining a thing we've been doing for two years? You guys should know this by now. It's like every time we have it's to like say you it. You don't even listen to us. Even though you listen to us for three hours every week. Wouldn't it be crazy if I then projectile vomited <laughs> coffee onto the microphone? That's what it felt like I was about to do. That would be amazing. Guys, it's summer. Okay, do you, I'm going to go first. Yes. Um... The subject line, of course, Stephen grabbed this for me because it's more about bad blood from Stanford. Ooh. So this is off of the fucking hooray recommendation that I made. I believe it was last week's yeah. episode talking all about the scam company uh, Theranos and uh, their blood testing kits that never worked. And yet they sold um you know, whatever they've the Crazy company scale. was valued at billions of dollars. And the book Bad Blood you told us all to read was it's really interesting. So good. Or listen to. That's listen what I to did. It. Do it. Um okay. So Georgia, Karen, Stephen, and furry friends. Yeah. My ears immediately perked up when Karen started describing bad blood on episode one thirty. I couldn't contain my excitement for Karen's excitement about the story of Theranos. I think that's how it's pronounced. Mm -hmm. I can't remember. I knew about it pretty early on as my good friend from Stanford ratted out Elizabeth Holmes. <gasps> and that's the 22-year-old startup uh, mogul who basically got the whole thing off the ground. So here's the scoop. That was me, editor's note. Now we're back into the email. Okay. Here's the scoop. The summer after my senior year of undergrad at Stanford. Very difficult school to get into, by the way. You can't just walk up and say, I go here now? No, you, I think they don't allow commoners onto the campus. Oh. It's very, it's like West Coast, the closest thing to Ivy League you can get. Do they have this thing where like when you try to push a shopping cart outside of a, um, 
uh, <laughs> the, the parking lot of a grocery store and then it just goes and stops working. Yes. It's except like, for it's snipers on the roof and they just fucking <laughs> take you out and they bury your body in the forest. Cool. Up behind the football field. They have ready. football? <laughs> I don't know. I actually don't know that much about it. Where are we going? Uh, not to college. <laughs> <clears throat> okay. Here's the scoop. The summer after my senior year of undergrad at Stanford, I was living in a house with six people. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then it says in parentheses, we squeezed a couple of miles off campus. Many of us studied human biology in undergrad. Oh. Congratulations. So almost all of us were doing research, except for my friend who started a job at Theranos. Uh-oh. Every time. Even at that time, it was a big deal. As you know from media stories since, Elizabeth Holmes garnered an insane amount of capital for her company, and everyone thought that Theranos would revolutionize blood testing. I was interested to hear my friend's take on his new job. Every day, he'd, we'd all come home and debrief over dinner, and every day my friend would tell stories about how the testing he was doing on Theranos kits was st- st- statistically insignificant, uh-uh. and that all the hype about the company was on more Oh my god Such a weird feeling To be the science person That's like Yeah this is bullshit At the center of A complete bullshit contest Um, (laughs) Although I trusted His judgment Because he's a super smart guy At first I thought His comments were Just run of the mill My boss sucks complaints But as the summer wore on He grew more and more anxious He discovered that Other co-workers Were on the same page As he was And some of them quit As a result He was thinking of quitting As well But there were many Conflicts of interest for him and he was terrified of being blackmailed. Oh, shit. Which was a thing they did. They fucking got into everybody's email. Oh, my God. And they got into people's lives. They had it. They had endless amounts of money like and lawyers. It is. It's like a rich cult. Oh, my God. Lawyer-based cult. Okay. After that summer was over, we all parted ways, and I didn't hear too much else about Theranos, except for that my friend eventually left the company. However, a few years later, Theranos was all over the news. Lo and behold, my friend was the main whistleblower. (gasps) Crazy to think um, of what would have happened if he never said anything and how brave he was for doing so. Update. He's doing extremely well, and he's now dating one of my friends from the freshman dorm. Why do you find that hilarious? It's so like, oh my God, is he dating her? <laughs> like, it's a detail that clearly is thrilling. And there's, there, there's nothing better than someone yeah. you know starts dating someone else. You know that they yeah. didn't know each other. Yeah. But the idea that we can in some way connect. Also, yeah. Like, oh, I love you it. mean from the dorm? He's dating Stacy? <laughs> Holy shit. She was such a stoner. <laughs> Um, I don't think people smoke pot at Stanford, do they? <laughs> oh, yeah. They get paid to do it. Oh, cool. Thanks for reading my feet, my fiance, and I can't wait to see you guys in LA on Halloween, Liz. Woo! Nice Liz. one, Liz. I love, I love any updates about that story. I can't get enough. <laughs> like that, that guy's dating Stacy? Oh, my God. Because Stacy, sorry, was a slut. She was a bitch. <laughs> she was a. Okay. Well, this one's from my story from last week of the Romanovs. Mm. This one's called Romanov Diaries and My Friend's Grandma. Oh, And I actually meant to say Romanov Diamonds and My Friend's (laughs) Grandma. But I said it wrong. It's not like the Princess Diaries? No. Where it's... There's... (laughs) Anne Hathaway's not in this email. (laughs) No. I love being rich. (laughs) Okay. My friend's grandma, now deceased, was an old Russian woman who escaped the West with her family 
escaped to the West right. with her family as she's the communist running away to from cowboys. <laughs> she ran into Russia. <laughs> she hated all the cowboys. That's right. She escaped to the West with her family as the communist regime took over. She would never talk about her childhood, so my friend and her family never really knew much of anything. The hate, man, tell us everything. The only thing they knew was that she was uh, she had a handful of diamonds that were handed down to her from her mother. Oof. One day they were watching a TV special on the uncovering of the Winter Palace, home of the Romanovs. Yes. The Soviets had covered up certain rooms, and after the fall of the Soviet Union, they, and then it says in parentheses, you know, they... They recovered, recorded the reveal of the historic Romanov decor as they uncovered a green marble fireplace. My grandmother's uh, my friend's grandma began to cry because she remembers this fireplace from her childhood. She sat at the fireplace on the regular when she was little. What? It was learned that her mother, my friend's great grandmother, was a teacher for the Romanov, the children of the Romanov family. The grandmother, as a child in the palace, grew up alongside Anastasia. No. Then the royal and the other royal children. On a regular basis, the mother would tell stories to all of the children in front of the fireplace before they went to bed at night. When the family was slaughtered, everyone in the household was in danger, so she and her mother fled for their lives. Fuck. Because remember, they killed like the doctor and sure. the, one of the. My friend and her grandmother, my friend had her grandmother's jewels appraised and the jeweler was somehow able to trace them back to old timey Russia. <laughs> we think that as they fled, they either swiped a handful of jewels or were given them by the Romanovs. <laughs> they were like in candy dishes. It was like, <laughs> grab a couple diamonds on your way out. We love that you came to visit us at the Winter Palace. Thanks for coming. My favorite behind the walls and degrees of separation story. Stay sexy and swipe some jewels, Jeremy. <laughs> Hell yes, Jeremy. I will swipe jewels at any given swipe opportunity. that candy dish of diamonds. What's better than a terrible war story, but then somebody getting a hold of like a raw diamond uh-huh. and sewing it into their clothes? <gasps> That's just so like... <sighs> yeah. It's like... It's so like um, fairy tale. It is. Except then, the dying part. Like what in your house are you going to be able to smuggle that's going to get you anywhere? And like get anything. And get you anything when all when everything falls apart. Oh, well, my rare diamonds collection. Well, let's start buying raw diamonds is what I'm saying. <laughs> How about the silver coins my dad gave me and Vince for our wedding? Oh. He says that when the end days come. That's right. Their paper money is going to be worthless. Silver. It's going to be all about them nickels that Marty got you. <laughs> Thank you. What if he just got as a roll of nickels? <laughs> but they're all from 1967. It's good luck. Um, yeah, it's my family. It's like there's a joy of cooking cookbook I could probably get. There's some good ass recipes in there that might be worth something. Hell yeah. Beef stroganoff. You know what you do? You put some fucking sour cream in that you gravy. You put some stroganoff in the fucking beef. Get some tang on that and beef. You put some egg noodles in it. They're like, you know what? You don't. You no longer have to go to the prison. Thank you. <laughs> what do you have to trade for your life? I have pockets full of hot stroganoff. <laughs> Thank God. Where are we going? <laughs> Not sure. Okay. Well, here's the subject line of my next email. Okay. Ash is in the trunk. Okay. Hey, everyone. My name is Mary Lou, and I'm a semi-frequent emailer, very heavy listener. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you for declaring yourself, Mary Lou, so clearly and accurately. Yesterday, I went to go see um, De- The Dead and Co., and then in parentheses, The Grateful Dead minus Jerry Garcia plus John Meyer. Oh, right. John Myers? Mayer? The one that invented the lemons. <laughs> 
at the Gorge in Washington. Ooh. So before I went in, I ate three grams of mushrooms and started <laughs> tripping almost instantly. <laughs> They love drug stories. Yeah. Uh, send us your drug stories. Also, don't do drugs. Send us your drug stories. Don't do drugs. But then again, if you go ahead and eat some mushrooms in the out of doors, because you're going to enjoy some trip out music where mm-hmm. every other person there is on drugs. Is, including the entire band. And the roadies. And the roadies. And, and the concession. Get exactly. People. <laughs> every single person is just going to be the chillest of the chill. Okay. Um, okay. I'm I'm also on mushrooms, so I lost my place. (laughs) Uh, And I immediately started tripping. Thank you. While I was watching the show and going through an intense roller coaster of emotions, (laughs) as one does who is tripping on mushrooms, I realized my mom's ashes have been in the trunk of my car for an entire year. Oh, my God. You put your mom in your trunk and you left her there for a year? (laughs) They have an explanation, I should say. Oh, no, it's Mary Lou. So we know it's... Um, Mary Lou has an explanation. Last year on Mother's Day, my mom died in her sleep of mysterious causes Aww. at the age of 50. Oh, that's awful. Oh, that's sorry, awful. Mary so Lou. sorry. I was 19 and had to Ugh. plan, pay for, and organize my mom's entire funeral and such. Oh, honey. It's really shitty. It was a lot for a 19 year old to deal with, but I got it done and it all worked out. Fuck yes, Mary Lou. Mary Lou. Well done. Your mom would be proud of you. That sucks so much. I know. That At 19. 19. And that's the thing about when people die is the people closest to the person who are the most affected also have to start making a shit ton of decisions. This is why you want to do it before you die. Make all your plans and shit, right? Yeah, you want to, but no one does. No one does. Okay, no one does. Go okay. All right. We're with you, Mary Lou. Um, after spending most of the summer in Wisconsin, where I'm from, I realized I needed a change. So I uprooted my life, put my dog and all my belongings in my car and moved to Portland. It was actually a great idea. I had planned on bringing my mom's ashes with me. And as I made this long trip, I would stop in beautiful places and scatter her throughout the country where she would be whisked away over pretty landscapes. Only problem. I left home without the fucking ashes. (laughs) By the time I realized this, I was already in Northern Colorado. Oh my. So I made my dad FedEx them to the airstream I was staying on on a farm in Fort Collins. That sounds amazing. So good right now. Yeah. Okay. When they showed up, they were in an Amazon box that my dad had just reduct taped and scribbled my address on in purple Sharpie. I threw the box in the trunk and kept on driving. But for whatever reason, it never felt like the right time or place to scatter her. That makes sense. Uh I moved to Portland and became a preschool teacher and have been living here ever since. I kept forgetting that Sue was indeed in the trunk of my car and that eventually I was going to have to do something with her until I ate a bunch of mushrooms at the gourd. Oh, oh my Mary God. Lou, this story is... When you're on mushrooms, don't think about your dead mom's ashes. Like, that's the, the worst thing to think about. But it's also, like she's saying, because these crazy drugs, yeah. psilocybin and mushrooms, are an emotional roller coaster. Uh-huh. You go emotionally crazy. Yeah, yeah. So it's perfect, just like this email is an yeah. emotional roller coaster. Okay. I realized a year is way too long to have my mom in the trunk of the car and that it's not haha funny anymore. It's just fucking weird. So today I went to my car and pulled out the box where I opened it in my apartment only to realize some of the ashes had spilled out from the plastic urn into the cardboard box. I go to dump it out of my window to try to dust off the box 
but the wind blew it into my apartment <gasps> at that uh, blew into my apartment at that exact moment and pieces of my fucking mom's ashes blew into my house and into my face oh my God. <laughs> <laughs> what is this lesson learned if you keep your mom's ashes in the trunk for a year she will retaliate when you finally move her <laughs> my mom is the reason i'm a murderino uh -oh. Sorry, Karen. And she would have loved your podcast. So on both of our behalves, SSDGM Mary Lou. Oh, I'm crying too. It's so good. It, fuck. It's like you can't do death correctly. Yeah. It always is fucked up. It's of course you're avoiding spreading your mother's ashes. <laughs> yeah. It's like to have your mom die sucks so bad. Yeah. She is traumatized by this terrible event. And then she tries to like make it right. Do the right thing. <laughs> of course. <gasps> it's just so typical. That's amazing. It's just so good. That's a great story. Thank you for that very personal and very awful story, Mary Lou. Good job, Mary Lou. Uh <laughs> I'm sorry it got me. No, I love it. It got me That's good. Beautiful. You got me good. Okay. You got me good. This one's called Let's see. I have one more. Okay. It's short. Okay. Um this is called 23 and me gone wrong slash I might be an alien. Oh shit. <laughs> and then the opening is just hi. Perfect. Right. Back in January, I sent my adorable little bottle of spit to 23andMe <laughs> after a bunch of us got the kit for Christmas. A few months later, everyone else had their results except me. Finally, I received an email saying that they that the genome analysis had been unsuccessful because they hadn't been able to collect enough DNA from my saliva. They sent me a new kit and told me to try again. Naturally, I assumed some lab tech had just dropped my sample on the floor, so I did it again and didn't think much of it. Another few months passed, and I finally... Then finally, I received another email saying that I was um, incompatible with the analysis. They were unable to extract DNA <laughs> and that they would not try to perform the analysis again. In fact, they asked me to check a box online saying I would not try to submit my sample ever again. What? I looked all over the Reddit world and only found one other person this happened to. I'm completely healthy. Uh... And can think of no reason why my DNA didn't work. So I guess I can spit all over a crime scene and they'd never know it was me. <gasps> Who knows? But they sent me a refund and I bought an air conditioner with it. So I guess it was worth it. <laughs> Yours may be an alien, Robin. <laughs> what the fuck? Robin! Because they would have told her if she... Because I know a girl who uh, is a non-secretor. Right. So she didn't... She should try to maybe... Prick her, I think the girl ended up like pricking her thumb and putting like a drop of blood in the saliva thing and it worked. But they would have told her if she was like couldn't get enough DNA. Well, also, that's just so fascinating. I mean, if it wasn't a technical issue, but it's just like, yeah, there's nothing showing there's up. Something working and promise you'll never do this again. Yes, exactly. So we don't want your fucking Area 51 <laughs> shit coming into our. Oh my God. Well Georgia, have you ever been blown away by the most simple dish at a restaurant, like perfectly scrambled eggs? Oh my God, yes, Karen. And then all I want to do is make that dish at home and eat it every day. Well, you probably could, as long as you have the chef's secret ingredient, 
Made In Cookware. Made In was created to bring restaurant quality performance kitchenware to home chefs around the world. For years, they've built their business by supplying restaurants and top chefs with high-end cookware. Some of Tom Colicchio's most treasured dishes at his restaurant craft are made in Made In. Whether you're cooking for professional critics or just the critics you live with, your meals will benefit from the quality of Made In products. Like their carbon steel cookware, it combines the best of both cast iron and stainless steel clad, so it's it's rugged enough for grills or an open flame. It's the MVP of summer cookouts and cook-ins. What I really love about made-in cookware is that it actually makes something like having a Memorial Day barbecue much more convenient because you can keep everything on the grill if you need to throw, say, a pan of garlic up on the top while you're grilling your steaks on the bottom. It's strong enough, durable enough to do that. If you want to take your cooking to the next level, remember what so many great dishes have in common. They're all made in, made in. Save up to 25% this Memorial Day from May 18th through May 27th when you visit madeincookware.com. That's M-A-D-E-I-N cookware.com. Goodbye. There's something about the sound of an old-timey cash register that really takes me back. I know. It sounds like someone is about to hand me an ice cream cone, but it also sounds like we just sold some merch. That's right. And if you're a Shopify user like us, you know that this sound means you just made a sale. Shopify has helped millions of businesses sell their products online, but did you know they also offer the same support for brick and mortar stores? From accepting payments to managing inventory, they have everything you need to sell in person. So give your point of sale system a serious upgrade with Shopify. Shopify POS tracks sales across all your locations. That way you'll always know what you have in stock and where. They also provide reliable tech that fits your unique retail needs, like turning a tablet into a credit card reader. And if you're looking to reach new customers, check out Shopify's marketing tools. They're easy to use and they integrate with all social media platforms. With Shopify, we have a powerful partner for managing our sales. And if you're a business owner, you can too. Do retail right with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period today at shopify.com slash murder. And here's the important note, that promo code is all lowercase. So go to shopify.com slash murder and take your retail business to the next level. That's shopify.com slash murder. Again, don't forget the code is all lowercase. Goodbye. If you're like me, you're always looking for a story to dive into. Whether it's a family drama or a mystery to solve, the key to getting hooked is the details. I need rich visuals and intricate storylines, and June's Journey has that and more. June's Journey is a mobile mystery game that follows June Parker, a daring young woman, on a quest to uncover the truth about her sister's murder. This is your chance to test your detective skills because you'll play the game as June herself. Explore beautifully designed scenes from the 1920s, like lavish estates and gardens, and don't forget to keep an eye out for hidden clues. There are twists, turns, and catchy tunes, all leading you deeper into the thrilling storyline. And if you play well enough, you could make it to the detective club. There, you'll chat with other players and compete with or against them. June needs your help, but watch out, you never know which character might be a villain. Shocking family secrets will be revealed, but will you crack the case? Find out as you escape this world and dive into June's world of mystery, murder, and romance. It's all just one tap away. Discover your inner detective when you download June's Journey for free today on iOS and Android. That's June's Journey. Download the game for free on iOS and Android. Goodbye. What do you think, Stephen? How long is that? Because I can do, do one, one more, a shorty. Well, actually, there's this. Karen, do one more. Okay. Mine work quick this one. Okay. 
because I'm sweating so much. A creepy man with children's pictures on his wall. Perfect. <laughs> Hello, Karen, Georgia, Stephen, Elvis, Mimi, Dottie, Frank, and George. Love it. Well done. Penny. Uh, Penny? Penny Lane, Stephen's cat. Oh, that's right. We'll just start fucking folding in every animal we know. <laughs> you forgot one. There's also every animal we've ever met. Okay, go. <laughs> I just finished binge listening to all the episodes you guys have. I'm not the best writer, so bear with me on spelling and all grammatical errors. No. This story is kind of short, but as I think about what happened and how old I was, I thought I should share it. My twin sister, who got me hooked on this podcast, and I were around eight years old, and we were living with my mom at the time in our small town near St. Louis, Missouri. We walked to and from school every day on our way home from school almost always we would stop at this 60 to 70 year old man's house his name was terry i remember him looking like an average grandpa with kind of crooked teeth we would talk to him for up to an hour before actually going home Uh -uh. i believe that it was because of friends or neighbor kids that we knew that we would that we could stop by his house Mm -hmm. anyways this creeper would give everyone candy and sodas of course he would at the beginning of every school year this man would ask for our current school photos Mm. if we didn't have any he would have a sit down on one of the steps of his front porch so we could take his he so he could take his own photo no 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 once he got them developed he would put them up along the wall of at least 100 other kids photos in his garage why did we ever think this was okay? We were so dumb. Yeah. Well, you were children. Children. As I'm remembering everything, there were days when his garage door was closed or his wife's car was in the driveway and we weren't allowed <gasps> to stop by. Also, our visits would be cut short on days his wife came home earlier than he expected. There were... uh Days when we wouldn't stop by because it was raining or we just wanted to get home. On those days, he would walk himself to our house. No! My very own mother would let him in the house and sit on our couch. She just let us sit there and talk to this crazy man for hours. <laughs> I always thought he was kind of weird, but I'm eight years old um, and my brain just told me to shut up. I remember my sister and I going to this man's house until the summer that we ended up moving to my dad's house. Uh, I want to thank you girls for well, that's it. I want to thank you girls for welcoming my inner crime loving self into this awesome community. You two make my midnight shift way more enjoyable and eases my wandering mind when I'm walking around an almost empty hospital all night cleaning just as, um, just as empty rooms. Please keep doing what you do because you do it so well. Stay sexy and don't stop by creepy old men's houses on your way home from school. Lacey and Melanie N. Oh my God. So it's just basically a story of, uh, a man who loves to visit children. And the photo part is the creepiest. The photo part is not good. No. And also that the wife, it's not like the wife is like, oh, who's here? Hi, girls, or whatever. Yeah. That it's some it's like weird, the wife like. No, something's going, something's weird happening. So don't tell her that you come over here. Well, I mean, does the wife not go into the garage? Maybe not. The fuck's the deal? Maybe the wife hates children. Oh, and this is his only, like, he's like, I really love children. He really wanted children. She refused to give him children. Give him children. She refused to have children. <laughs> give him children. Give him a child. Give, it, give poor Randolph a child. He's I feel Randolph. like you could definitely go that old man's crazy. It could be a tragic story. Yeah. It could be, there's so many things in between, yeah. but but the pictures on the wall yeah. and it being a hundred other children. Yeah. Why? Yeah. What? Yeah. 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 Um, send us your shit at my favorite murder at Gmail. 
Um, wow, guys, that was a real good round. That was a fun one. <laughs> that was real fun. Lots of laughs, and of course, lots of tears. <laughs> lots of love. Lots so of love. much love. Lots of laughs. We laughed, we loved, we cried. We cried, we lived, we, and we stayed sexy. And we didn't get murdered. And you should too. Goodbye. Goodbye. Elvis, you want a cookie? Ah. Good job. Good job.